This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Off the Looking Glass. I'm Kate Fagan. I'm Jessica Smetana. Did you almost forget that this is how we do this? Yeah, I feel like I just did a 60 Minutes intro. I'm <laughs> Leslie Stahl. <laughs> a nice beat in the middle there. <laughs> Let's add a clock sound effect to this. This is perfect. Yeah, so it's been, I actually had to go look it up, Jess. We haven't dropped an episode since June 29th of 2003. <gasps> yeah. 2022? Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, sorry. It was. It's been more recent than that. Yes. <laughs> 2022, my bad. So I kind of made a list of like things that have happened since then. Okay, yeah, let's go through your list. It's incomplete. A lot more things have happened than just this, but these were the highlights. England won the Euros. Yeah. So that's pretty great for England. England was very happy about it. The Aces won the W title. Brittany Griner came home. And the WNBA has created super teams. All of these things have happened since we last recorded. We're probably going to talk about all of these things at some point during not this episode, but future episodes. I also kind of want to plug your book because during our hiatus, you wrote a book and it's coming out soon and it's called Hoop Muses. And I'm so excited to read it. Kate, do we have any lowlights? Was there anything bad that happened over the last six months? I mean, we didn't get to do the podcast. I would put that on my cons list, but... We did get to interview a lot of people for the show, and our audience is going to start getting to listen to these interviews now because we're coming back, and the show is going to be weekly from now on, not a 10-episode run like we did for the first two seasons. So big things ahead for Off the Looking Glass. I mean, I think you and I, maybe we can suggest that the reason that the hiatus was so long was because the goal was to start Off the Looking Glass again and never, ever stop it just keep doing it forever and ever and ever. And that took a lot of prep work. It really did. Also, like, there was other stuff going on. There was the Hoop Muses book writing, and then there was football. And you were doing F1 and... Yeah, it's just, we're busy people. What can I say? We're super busy, but... This is our favorite thing to do in our career and in our lives. We love making this show, so now we're back. We're back. So there's basically, as far as I can immediately assess, there's two changes. One is that we're going to go weekly until the end of time. And the second is that we're going to attempt to make episodes a little shorter than they've been, I think. (laughs) We'll see how this goes. I feel like we're going to make a promise and in a couple of weeks we'll look and there'll be like 92 minute episodes. Let's get started with this episode with Aaliyah Boston. We interviewed her before the most recent big showdown between South Carolina and LSU. So we didn't get to talk about that game in which she played great. She had 14 points. She had nine rebounds. South Carolina's ranked number one right now. They're undefeated. They knocked off the undefeated Tigers. But we talked to her before all of that, before the holidays. So we're going to talk to her. We have a few other things planned for this episode. And then we'll be back next week with even more. (laughs) 
Our guest today is an NCAA champion, winner of the Wade Trophy, the Wooden Award, Naismith Player of the Year, and Naismith Defensive Player of the Year, and the 2022 NCAA Tournament Most Outstanding Player. All right, let's do it. Let's bring her on. Aaliyah Boston. So, Jess and I were just, we just were on your TikTok. You're two tall humans for. Oh my gosh. So, why is there only three videos? What's up with that? I'm trying to, that's so funny. I was literally just saying, I was like, I need some ideas. Like, I'm trying to get creative. And I just don't know. So if you have any ideas that can help. Jess might. Jess might. I can't figure out how to do reels and TikTok at this point. So what do you think, Jess? You got any? Um, I'll think of some. I'll think of I'm something. I'm thinking like pranks maybe. I'm going to try and do some Ooh. like prank with it. But oh, that's, yeah. so cool. that's so funny how that TikTok page is now like found. Can you prank your coach? Like is she? would she be cool with getting pranked? I mean, she, we'll see. I mean, I would try it. Ask forgiveness, not permission on that one. Wait, I did, I did in all full transparency. I read the article in the, I think the local Columbia newspaper. Yeah. So now your relationship is just on blast. It sure is. (laughs) How do you feel about that? I mean, it's really no problem. Like, I just thought it was so funny. Like the article came out and it was like 8 a.m. in the morning. I was like, there's no way. I was like, it's 8 a.m. What? (laughs) And then I didn't really say anything about it. And all of a sudden, like my family group chat's going off and my sister like sends the article in the group chat. I'm like, girl, what? I'm yeah. Like, and my mom is like, hold on, let me find it. And she's like, the article's so cute. I was like, oh, it's cute. He seems in love. Let me tell you in that article. I mean, do you remember the joke he told you when you first met? We were just talking about that. And I was like... I don't like I'm trying to remember the the joke, but he is really funny. So I'm not surprised. I, yeah. I'm trying to remember the joke, but that's funny. It was like all yeah. at once. It all just happened all at once. I was like, OK, here we go. Yeah. OK, we will get to basketball, but we got to stay here for another second. So he's from Montreal. What have you learned about Canada? Have you learned anything about Canada? I mean, my answer for that absolutely has to be yes. It yes. absolutely has to be yes. <laughs> I actually went to Canada and I visited him and some of his family. Really pretty. It was really nice. Montreal's a beautiful place. I grew up in like two hours south of it, so I've been a few times. What is the number one country on your two-visit list? Ooh, two-visit. Oh, that's hard because you know what? Australia was like, that was number one. Like, I've always wanted to go to Australia. And then when I was with the USA team and I was able to try out, we went to Australia last mm. couple of weeks. So that was like number one. It was like always Australia. And so I got to do that. So I felt like I kind of like checked it off. So that's yeah. so funny that you asked that because it's always yeah. been Australia. I went once like I think it was five years ago. My reasons for wanting to go there might have been different from yours. I really like coffee and they're good at coffee. But what were your reasons? Like what was your. I love the accent and I've always heard that it's just so pretty. So I wanted to to go see it. and the accent, I mean, didn't fail me at all. I was trying to practice because. Ooh, give us a give us a little Australian accent. Um. Oh gosh. Okay. I've and then do and then do French in this part of Montreal. I literally wish. I literally wish. Okay. Um. Good day, mate. Australian. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Like you got. That's a great thing to say. You can't mess that up. I know. Right? I thought that was good. Yeah. Good day, mate. My favorite. My favorite thing to make fun of the Australian accent for is when they when they're like no. 
what is what does that mean? Like they say like no, but it's like N A U R. No, it's like an R. Yeah. All right, maybe a little bit of basketball. Y'all are coming off the NCAA championship. Was there a move you were trying to master this summer? Like, what was your game plan this summer about how you were like, I got to get better for these specific things? A lot of it's consistency around the basket, making sure that I continue to finish my shots. But something that I was definitely working on is my outside game, being able to attack from the perimeter or even knock that shot down more consistently. So that's definitely what I was focusing on. I worked a lot on my shot over the summer. Okay, so last year, y'all win the title. The year before that, you had the heartbreaking miss from inside. Squeezes it to Beal. Two seconds left. Beal misses Boston. No! Aaliyah Boston's follow. Did winning the title erase the pain of that miss? No, it didn't. I really think about it all the time because I just feel like it's now like a what-if moment. You know, like, what if I made that last shot? Would we have beat Arizona in the championship. Like, you never know. You never know what happened. We could have won. We could have lost the championship. Like, we don't know. And so it doesn't erase the pain, but it does feel good to have that comeback story. You know, the entire team coming so close um, that year to coming back and winning it all last year. Take us back to the final four in 2022, because, you know, the games continue to be breaking viewership records and it just feels like every single year there's more and more people watching the games and they were so good this year so what was that like for you on that redemption quest knowing that there were so many eyeballs on the games and that the final really delivered yes it was so much fun I enjoyed last year I thought we had an unstoppable team really um and then when it came down to the finals I just felt like we were playing our best basketball I mean, all season coach talks about we want to be playing our best basketball when it comes to postseason. Like that is our focus because we want to be the last team standing. And so knowing that kind of all eyes were on us, everyone's talked about who can beat South Carolina. It was like, all right, well, going into this game, we need to make sure that we understand that they're putting their best foot forward and we need to make sure that we come out and hit first. Take us inside like a locker room with Dawn Staley at somewhere like an NCAA Final Four. Is she a big motivational speaker or is she more... Y'all know what you need to do. Or is she like, just look at the Louis Vuitton. You see the vibe. You know what we're about. Like, what is her What is her MO? She can be a little bit of both. Most of the time, I mean, like, we'll go through our regular game day scenario. Everything that we do, even if it's NCAA tournament versus just a non-conference game, it's the same thing. Everything's written on the board and we talk about it. And then, you know, we say a prayer. And then when we get on the court, though, she's like, especially in the final four, she was like, all right, like we've worked so hard. It's time to take care of business. Like, let's just do that. And that kind of like gets us all hyped up because now we're like, okay, it's game time. But I mean, she usually stays calm in the locker room and she kind of just goes through our regular game day routine. It's not really much of a switch up for any specific game, just because I think she just stays level-headed, which keeps us right there and not getting too excited or like too nervous. Now, when you decided to go to South Carolina, what percentage of that was because of Dawn versus like maybe a combination of like also their history and how good they are. Columbia, I don't know, came into play. Like what was that breakdown? The entire coaching staff was definitely like the largest percentage. I just really felt like I could, I would be able to grow with them with my game and as a person. And I really liked the environment. Like I like the environment around the sports world here at South Carolina. And so that really drew my attention. And I knew that, you know, the talented squad, I liked the players when I came on my visit. It was just a whole lot of fun. I was like, you know what? I just know this is the place. You know, Ali, I don't know if you know this, but Don was on our podcast last season. 
we didn't ask her to spill tea on you, but now you're here. Is she as stylish as we think she is? Absolutely. That's 100% yes. Coach Daly comes to practice and she's just like dripped out. Regardless, it's like the slightest drip. And if you're ever like on her Instagram page and you just see her post a pair of shoes that like hasn't been released yet, it's like, girl, how did you do that? (laughs) Do you ever ask that? In person to her? How did you get the Travis Scott lows? And she just laughed. Before? She's like, don't worry. It's so funny. Like one of um Breezy, um, Bree Hall, she was like, Coach, like, I need the shoe plug. Like, where do you get your shoes from? And she was like, ha, good one. Yeah, don't worry <laughs> about just it. Started laughing because, like, don't worry about it. <laughs> Does she like make you guys feel like you need to dress up more? Cause I know like a lot of college athletes, you like to wear the issue gear and stuff like that and like rep the team, but she's always in something designer. Yep. I see. I, for me, I wish that was the case, but coach could wear whatever she wants. And I'm going to still wear like some leggings and a hoodie and not feel any type of way. <laughs> I it's really just who I am it's it's funny because like the rest of the team like they'll just put on some fire shoes have a nice little sweatsuit matching sweatsuit and then there's me they're like Aaliyah you could you could have tried I know you have clothes in your closet and I'm just like I don't know about that it's fine I'm good one thing we talked with Don a lot about was like how the transfer portal like shifts the power dynamic in the game What's your take on that? I mean, there's certainly more power in the hands of the athletes than there was like 10, 15, 20 years ago. How do you think about the transfer portal and like how it shifts everything? Yeah, I think I think the transfer portal is something great. I think, you know, sometimes someone might go to school and it's not really what they thought. And so they have the opportunity to go and find somewhere else. But I definitely think it can change a program because, you know, you have really talented player that kind of just comes in, you know, they could bring a leadership aspect or they can bring something, the spark that a team needed, or, I mean, it could go the other way too. Yes. There's a positive. There, there could always be a negative. Somebody transfers and it's not really the kind of person or player that you thought you were getting, which could also make a change. But I definitely think the transfer has a lot of power. Majority of the time, I definitely think it's a good thing. It allows players to get another opportunity to go somewhere where it might be uh, more fitting for them and just kind of continue to work towards whatever goal that they have set for themselves. So you are a lot younger than Kate and I. So what were some of like the cultural reference points for you growing up in women's basketball or just as a WNBA or NBA fan? Like, what do you remember growing up that you were like, I really want to be a part of this sport? Oh gosh, that's hard. Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was mostly like just college basketball. I mean, I started playing basketball when I was nine. So my first goal was definitely college basketball. I want to go to college for free. And so being able to see the women now that are in the league who I look up to win championships or come really close, but play on like the highest stage where I wanted to be on, that was kind of like, this is what I want to do. And when I started looking at WNBA, I was just like in awe of the players. Like I talk about Candace Parker a lot, just because like, she was definitely like a role model for me on the court because she, she just dominates every time. Even now she continues to dominate and it's just, It was truly something special, and I was like, you know, this is where I want to be. This is the next level after college basketball. Candace Parker, WNBA, in awe of the players. Just, just dominates. Candace Parker. Whoa, what was that? Yeah, we fell. We're down here. I don't remember what this sounds like. I think we're in a rabbit hole. You know what I want this rabbit hole to sound like? What? 
Las Vegas. Ooh, why is that? Yeah, because you just heard uh, Candace Parker's name, perhaps? That's right. That's right. So I feel like if we are ever going to get Candace Parker to come on this show, we need to set the stage for her. So if it sounds like her new hometown, slot machines, yeah. casino noises, what other uh, Ocean's Eleven theme music? What else do we have in Vegas? Tumbleweed? Uh, I don't know. It's in the desert. Ooh, yeah. Cars? There's Formula One racing there next year. Okay, some Celine some... Dion, Adele. Oh Elvis. my God. Oh Give my us God. All of it. We do like one or two Adele notes real quick. Okay, good. Without getting sued? Okay, yeah. We got it. <laughs> it's perfect. So, Candace Parker is on our short list of guests we need to get on off the looking glass. I have mm-hmm. some news for you in that regard. Okay. Okay. I was in Arizona for the Super Bowl recently. And Flexing. Candace Parker was there. And I saw her and uh-huh. she was sitting with someone who the person I was with knew. And I was thinking, this is a great opportunity to ambush Candace Parker, ask her to come on off the looking glass, yes. tell her what a fan yes. I am, be a total like producer no of standards. the stars, like yes. do be a good guest booker, like do my job really mm-hmm. well. I went up to her, I told her what a big fan I was. I told her we were from the same hometown. She mm. was like, wow, that's great. Where'd you go to high school? I told her, she's like, that's amazing. And I was like, I've been such a huge fan of yours for such a long time. And she was like, haha, don't say how long. And I was like, haha, yeah, like not gonna make you feel right. old, obviously. Age joke, got it, not. okay. Um, and then I like panicked and just walked away. And like, that was it. So I didn't ask her to come on the show. I'm, oh. I'm hopeful that like she'll remember our little interaction and I can reach out through like the spider web of people that overlapped that knew each other at that meeting. But like I dropped the ball and as I walked away, I thought, what would Kate have done? Kate would have said, well, she probably knows you. I mean, you guys know each other, but like you would have been like, I host a podcast, come on the show. Like I am a prolific author. I'm a famous person in the women's sports world. And I didn't do any of those things. And I was like, Kate's going to be really disappointed in me when I tell her this. So here I am. I'm sorry. I am not. I mean, am I disappointed a little bit? I thought we were down in this rabbit hole with Las Vegas and all of the sounds for like the big announcement that you had booked Candace Parker. No. And now we're down here. And the big reveal is that we still have not booked Candace Parker, (laughs) but that we are even farther away than we were before. From yeah. booking her. Well, because she thinks that like, mocked her age. Like, it was not professional. But she didn't know who to I be was. Fair, like, she didn't know why I was saying hi to her. Like, she just thinks I was a fan, which is fine. Because she fans yeah. probably were coming up to her all week saying I'm a fan. I don't want to go too far yeah. down. Yeah. Oh, oh, like away from. Uh, this is a separate conversation we should have about whether you think famous people want to be told that you love their work. Yeah, I did I don't, that twice I don't know. last week. It was bad. Was your takeaway that they like to be approached and and, and no, told that cer- they... Okay. certainly not. So then I think you cut our losses. I think we live to fight another day. We okay. haven't been written off by Candace Parker. Look. I also wouldn't have invited her on the show in that moment. So I feel like we're still on the same page you, here, Jess. I feel this like could you, be a good... I feel like you would have. But I'm disappointed because I had all of this banter in my head. Like, here's what I'm going to say to Candace Parker. One of the things was like... I'm from Chicago, like, our team sucks now, thanks. But, like, haha, jokey, but I didn't do that, which probably was a good thing. Good move. But it just wasn't what we needed from me in that moment. I dropped the ball. Yeah, I mean, usually interactions go better in my head than they go in reality. So you lived that. 
I think before we bounce up to Aaliyah Boston, we need to make very clear and we need to put out into the universe, right? We need to put this energy out there that Candace Parker is number one on our wish list. So if you know Candace Parker or have sat near her at the Super Bowl and can just throw that ask out to her, we're here to interview her and to welcome her. I'm sorry, Candace. It sounded good in her head. Kate, let's go talk to Leah Boston again. I was going to ask you whose game you felt like you might not model after, but that you think that is in the W now that you might look toward to say, okay, I want to develop like that. So would Candace be the answer to that? Or are there other games that you like? I think there are definitely other games. I think Candace would definitely be a part of that. I just think I, I'd like to take bits and pieces from, you know, post players, but also be able to handle the ball on the perimeter. So it's a lot of um, bits and pieces here and there, but definitely all around the entire WNBA is just full of talent. And it's crazy to think that like some of the girls I played against in college are now there. And it's like, whoa, this is, this is crazy. So if you were... I'm trying to remember my women's basketball. You would, you had to have been like teenage years when UConn was just dominating. I'm talking like 13, 14, during the Stewie era at UConn. You were basically seeing like that winning streak that UConn had where they won like a hundred something games. Okay. Did you, were you ever like, maybe I'll go to UConn? (laughs) I mean, I was... I don't really think it was like specific like that, but I do think they were definitely one of the top schools and it was just fun to watch. Okay. But you weren't like, UConn was never like, got it. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) I like how steadfast you are on this. I don't know if you know the history. You probably, you don't. We have had conversations about the media bias of UConn on this show and how like, It's just a downhill stream and everyone just talks about UConn, covers UConn, and it's hard to break through. I would say South Carolina's broken through, Tennessee. You get a little bit of Iowa and Caitlin Clark here and there, but it's just like UConn is the behemoth. Anyway, so the question, why? Why not UConn? I think think my goal was just to go to college. I could see myself playing on that stage, the biggest stage, on the championship game level stage, but I kind of like, even at that age, like eighth grade, ninth, great even like I was kind of just like let's see what fits me you know and so I kind of I think I was just an open mind well that's what the women's college game needs now you're down in Columbia winning titles yes I don't even know if these are a thing anymore but is there a like a cardio test that you all have to do that you dread at some point during preseason or the season you know like it'd be like 16 suicides in a certain amount of time not not really we do conditioning but it's not a test. I remember our fresh, my freshman year though, we did like the pacer test almost. And we had to get to a certain level for practice. Then we had to get in a certain level for games. And that one right there, that one did it for me. What's the pacer test? Will you describe it? Got, so it starts off, race I go, you got to get to a certain spot on the court, wherever it was before the beep. And then can gradually the beep gets faster. And now you're just sprinting. And, you know, I was not the biggest fan, me yeah. personally. <laughs> Oh, but no. I made I, it. Conditioning is the worst. And the pacer test slash beep test, whatever you want to call it, it's a mind fuck too because it's like, how fast is it going to be? Am I going to judge it the right way? Yes. Can I leave mm-hmm. a little bit in the tank because I don't think it's going to be that fast? And then it beeps. And, and then like, it beeps right. and you're like, okay, I need to go. It it actually is, it's nervous. I think I'm more nervous like for the beeps than actually just like running. Like. <laughs> 
It's like this you feel like, like there's an, it's an electric shock when the beep happens. Yes. It's a psychological test. Yeah, that's it's just getting faster. And you you have to make it a certain level or yes, if you don't make it to a certain level, you have to repeat the test, I assume. Yes. Oh, no good. OK, what other last questions do we have? Who do you think is the best player in college basketball? Oh, that's a that's a good one. You are a good one. <laughs> um, this person's so hard. It, the question is, do you have to pretend to be humble? Should you shout out somebody else? Yeah, see, this is all what's going through my brain right now. Can my answer be there are so many talented women <laughs> um, in college basketball right now? That can be your answer. Who's the team that you like beating the most? Like, who is your favorite rival? You literally trying for them to hear this and be like, okay, sure. And then Coach Staley's going to call me and be like, <laughs> did you think that answer was what you needed to say? This is perfect. That's fine. We were trying. We did our best. And here we are. I thought it would be UConn, but whatever. It's probably not. Maybe it's maybe it's Clemson. Maybe it's the all in-state rival. Oh, that's gosh. right. And we go there this year. I can't. Is there any player, you know, because you got Caitlin Clark gets a lot of buzz. Haley gets a lot of buzz at Louisville. Stanford's got a couple players who people talk about all the time. Is there some player that you think is so good that does not get enough love? Oh, can I pick my own teammate? Yes. It's that's cute. You can. Yeah, you can. Well, I think I think Brie Beal is really good and doesn't get enough love. I really do. I think she brings a lot to the game. And I think a lot of like the love and attention that's shown is based off like what people might see if somebody drops 25 points, they're going viral, but not the 12 points, like locking down the other team's best score, grabbing eight boards. It's like some of the little things people are like, oh, well, whatever. We're, we're going to go for who drops 25 and, and 30, which, so I know you probably wanted me to pick someone else, but I do think that she deserves a lot of love and recognition for our entire career she's been doing and just killing it. And so. As a follow-up to that, like what is something that people who watch the game but don't play the game get wrong about it all the time? Like idiots like me, like what am I, I getting I don't wrong? think it's boring, but a lot of people do think that our game could be considered boring when I don't think that's the case. I think if you really watch the game and not just based off what other people might say about it who also don't watch the game would be beneficial because I think we play very fast, but also fundamental. Like it's not a lot of one-on-ones that you might see in the men's game. I hope no men's player comes after me, but it's true. It's a lot of one-on-one. It's a lot of showing that, oh, I can get past you. I'm going to do a 360 dunk in the middle of a game. Whereas women, I feel like we see the game and think the game a lot deeper than the men might. And so people don't really see that or like think that. And they just think, oh, it's women's basketball. Okay. I think this is the last question. Unless Jess, you have a a, a follow-up. We'll get you some NIL love here. If you're on the road, where is Aaliyah Boston trying to go to dinner? Where are you trying to pick up food? Like, what's your go-to? I don't have a specific place, but I do love some ribs. So anywhere with, like, some good ribs or even, uh-huh. like, some soul food, I'm there. Soul food. There's, uh, there's good I, ribs in South Carolina, right? Yeah. yeah. I live in Charleston, by the way, so we're not too far apart. We got some great ribs down here. Yes. Okay, ribs. I mean, there's no brand name attached to that, really, right? Like... The Ribs Lobbying Company might want to sponsor you. I don't know. Hold up. 
Hey, Grumpy. Yeah, you. Are you frustrated with today's ever-changing world? Are you a surly old know-it-all who constantly shares your opinion even when no one asks? Do you find it annoying that everyone gets a trophy these days? Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. Every time you keep that to yourself and just don't make a comment, every person around you is thrilled. And we think you deserve a trophy for your restraint. Introducing Anti-Participation Trophies, new from Jostens. Anti-Participation Trophies are little tiny awards given to loudmouthed oversteppers who refrain from getting involved or making their opinions known when nobody cares. Look out, all you 37-year-old dads who are mediocre at sports. Now, instead of screaming advice from the sidelines at a Little League game, killing me, you could just shut the f*** up and score big time. With anti-participation trophies, you are rewarded for not making your own insecurities a part of the game. Did ESPN briefly cover women's sports? And I do mean briefly. You've got a lot of opinions about that, don't you? Instead of yelling, who cares, try saying nothing. It could earn you a trophy. Are you a boomer who went an entire conversation without mentioning pickleball? Hooray, you get a trophy. But wait, there's more. Every anti-participation trophy has a stainless steel hollow base, perfect for storing blood pressure medication. Trust us, you'll need it. So the next time you feel frustrated with the world and need to make your opinions known, just remember, don't. Anti-participation trophies. Okay, but back to this idea really quick, Jess, about if famous people want to be told that you love their work. Mm -hmm, okay. I was in Iceland with my mom and we were at a remote hotel. The only other guest while we were getting breakfast, walks in and the voice is like... Not quite my tempo. It's all good. No worries. Here we go. I know that voice. And it ends up being J.K. Simmons. What? That's right, folks. Spider-Man is, in fact, Peter Parker. Yes. J.K. Simmons having breakfast, remote place in Iceland, and my mom is like, I'm going to go tell him that I love his movies. And I'm like, do you love his movies? And she's like, yeah. But more importantly, everybody who makes things wants to be told that they're great. And I said, Mom, if you go talk to J.K. Simmons, I am going to be so mortified. She really wanted to go talk to him, but she didn't. Do you agree or disagree with my decision? I think it depends on who the famous person is. Okay, in this case, it's J.K. Simmons in Iceland. If I were in Iceland, I mean, it can go either way. Because either he's in Iceland because he wants to be off the grid. He doesn't want anyone right. to talk to him. Or right. he'd be like, wow, people love me even here in Iceland. Right. It's real. That's and a really like tough call. Former. I would say hello and say loved you in Whiplash and just leave and never talk to him again. Like, keep it short, keep it snappy. That's it. Loved you in Tomorrow War. You were great. Love your commercial campaigns. You have the voice of Before my TV set. Before you broke out again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I so I'd probably say something. But I'm also like, I get starstruck easily. Would you invite him onto the podcast? No, I would be too scared. Would you like to come on our women's sports podcast? <laughs> well, then that's 0 for 2 on this episode. JK. This is the worst <laughs> joke ever. Kate, I, I have an idea for the end of the show. In an effort, you know, we said we're going to try to make these podcasts a little bit shorter because we're going to start doing them in perpetuity. Let's thank everyone for helping us make the show as fast as possible. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you to our listeners for staying tuned and to another season of Off the Looking Glass. Thanks to Aaliyah Boston for the interview. Thanks to Nameless Numberhead for our sketch. 
Thanks to Joel Schupack for sound designing this episode and to Carl Scott for executive producing it. Thanks to you, Jess Matana, for producing and co-hosting the show. Thanks to Anya Alvarez. She's a new member of our team. And uh, thank you also to Aaliyah Boston for joining us. I already said that one, Kate. Oh, shit. That's what happens when you go this You're fast. not good at talking fast. I know. I- okay, bye, everyone.